0: Chapter Twelve of Grace Harlowe's Junior Year at High School. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ted Nugent. Grace Harlowe's Junior Year at High School by Jesse Graham Flower chapter twelve a reckless chauffeur thanksgiving day dawned bright and clear with just enough frost in the air to make one's blood tingle it had been a mild fall with the late indian summer and only one or two snow flurries that had lasted but a few hours this was unusual for oakdale as winter generally came with a rush before the middle of november and treated the inhabitants of that northern city to a taste of zero weather long before the christmas holidays it was with a light heart that Grace harlowe ate her breakfast and flirted about the house putting a final touch here and there before receiving her guests before eleven o'clock everything was finished and as she arranged the last flower in this vase she felt a little thrill of pride as she looked about the pretty drawing-room before going upstairs to dress she ran into the reception hall for the fourth time to feast her eyes upon a huge bunch of tall chrysanthemums in the beautiful Japanese vase that stood in the alcove, under the days they had come about an hour before with a note from Tom Gray saying that he had arrived in Oakdale that morning, had seen the boys, and would be around to have David and ready other girl convention as he termed it. Grace overjoyed at the idea of seeing Tom Gray again. They had been firm friends since her freshman year, and had entertained a wholesome boy-and-girl preference for each other, untinged by any trace of foolish sentimentality. As she dressed for dinner, Grace felt perfectly happy, except for one thing. She still smarted a little at Eleanor's rude reply to her invitation. She was one of those tender hearted girls who disliked being on bad terms with any one, and she really liked Eleanor still, in spite of the fact that Eleanor did not in the least return the sentiment. Grace sighed a little over the rebuff and then completely forgot her trouble as she donned the new gown that had just come from the dressmaker it was of italian cloth in a beautiful shade of dark red made in one piece with a yoke of red and gold net and trimmed with tiny enameled buttons it fitted her straight slender figure perfectly and she decided that for once she had been wise in foregoing her favorite blue and choosing red the party that evening was to be a strictly informal affair grace had suspected that the girls whom the members of the phi sigma tau was to entertain were not likely to possess evening gowns in order to avoid any possibility of hurt feelings she had quietly requested those invited to wear the afternoon gowns in which they would appear at the game before one o'clock her guests had arrived they were three shy quiet girls who had worshipped grace from a distance and who had been surprised almost to tears by her invitation. Two of them were from Pothville, a small town about seventy miles from Oakdale, and had begun high school with Grace, who had been too busy with her own affairs up to the present to find out much about them. The other girl, Mary Batesman, had entered the class that year she had come from a little village forty miles south of oakdale was the oldest of a large family her mother being a widow of very small means as her mother was unable to send her away to school she had done clerical work for the only lawyer in the home town for the previous two years studying between miles she had entered the high school in the junior class determining to graduate and then worked her way through normal school by dint of questioning grace had discovered that she lived in a shabby little room in the suburbs never went anywhere and did anything honest in the way of earning money that she could find to do the realization of what some of these girls were willing to endure for the sake of getting an education made grace feel guilty at being so comfortably situated she determined that the holidays that year should not find them without friends and cheer after a rousing thanksgiving dinner in which the inevitable turkey with all its toothsome accompaniments played a prominent part the girls retired to grace's room for a final adjustment of hair and a last survey in the mirror before going to the game high school matters formed the principal theme of conversation and grace was not surprised to learn that Eleanor had been carrying things with a high hand in third-year french class in which allan holt one of the potheville girls recited she speaks french as well as professor larose said miss holt but she nearly drives him crazy sometimes she will pretend she doesn't understand him and will make him explain the construction of a sentence over and over again or she will argue with him about a point until he loses his temper completely she makes perfectly ridiculous caricatures of him and leaves them on his desk when class is over and she asks him to translate the impertinent slang phrases which he does sometimes before he realizes how they were going to sound then the whole class laughs at him she certainly makes things lively in that class the sound of the bell cut short the chart and the four girls hurried downstairs to greet jessica mabel and the girls who were the bride's guests nora and then with their charges came next and last of all david tom and hippy paraded up the walk in single file blowing lustily on tin horns and waving blue and white banners a brief season of introduction followed then grace distributed blue and white rosettes with long streamers that she had made for the occasion to each member of the party well supplied with oakdale colors they set out for the football grounds where an immense crowd of people had gathered to see the big game of the season i shall never forget the first football game i saw in oakdale said anne to david as they made their way to the grandstand it ended very sensationally for me i should say it did replied david smiling confidentially anne do you ever hear from your father not very often replied anne he is not liable to trouble me again however because he knows that i will not go back to the stage no matter what he says he was with the western company of true hearts last year but i don't know where he is now and i don't care don't think i am unfeeling but it is impossible for me to care for him even though he is my father i understand said david sympathetically now let's forget him and have a good time hurrah here comes the band shouted hippy the oakdale military band took their places in the improvised bandstand and began a short concert before the game with the stars and stripes while the spectators unconsciously kept time with their feet to the inspiring strains. When the two teams appeared on the field there were shouts of enthusiasm from the friends of the players, and the band burst forth with the high school song in which the students joined. After the usual preliminaries the game began, and for the next hour everything else was forgotten save the battle that waged between the two teams miriam Nesbit, eva allen and Marian babu with their guests joined grace's party and soon the place they occupied became the very centre of enthusiasm who were playing left hand on the home team received a ovation every time he made the move and when toward the end of the game he made the touchdown his friends nearly split their loyal throats in expressing their approval it was over at last and oakdale had won a complete victory over the georgetown foe who took their defeat with becoming grace as soon as Reddy could free himself from the grasp of his schoolfellows who could have borne him from the field in triumph if he had not stoutly resisted, he hurried to his friends who showered him with congratulations, oh eu Titian-haired star cried Hippy, clasping his hands in mock admiration. You are the rarest jewel in the casket. Words fail to express my feelings. Oh joy, oh bliss, oh rapture, let happiness now hap. I am a sea of gurgling glee with ecstasy on tap. Hippy recited this effusion in a killing falsetto voice and endeavored to embrace freddy fervently but was dragged back by tom and david to reddy's visible relief he is the idol of the hour don't put your irreverent hands on him was david's injunction but i adore idols persisted hippy let me at him quitted fat one ground ready with a grin i'll settle with you later with gay laughter and jest the young fox made their way from the grounds and started down the road toward home the whole party walking four abreast had just turned the curve where the road ended and main street began when there was a hoarse honk honk and a runabout decorated in blue and white containing Eleanor and edna wright bore down upon them at lightning speed the girls uttering little cries of alarm scattered to both sides of the road with the exception of mabel allison who in her hurry to get out of the way stumbled and fell directly in the path of the oncoming machine. End of Chapter Twelve.